If Bible prophecies speak to the issues of end times and we are living in the last days, how can we actualize the gospel in relevance? Is the community worthy to hear, see, and feel these messages? Our conversation with Pastor Dustin Hall will help us understand the power of reaching our communities with these messages. I'm glad you've joined us on Ministry in Motion, where we explore best practices for your ministry in the 21st century. Pastor Hall, welcome. Glad to be here. I'm going to call you Dustin, and of course, I'm Ivan. I am excited about our journey today as we talk about this whole engagement of the community and how our, not our, but how the biblical message of the first, second, and third angels can impact the community, and we have something to share. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. If the aim, three angels message is an end time message, why is it important for us to connect with the community to share that message? That's a, that's a, a question that may not even need to be asked, but I'll put it out there. Well, it, it, is, it is a question that needs to be asked because <laughs> in practical, in practice, we haven't done a good job as churches often. So we meet the needs in the community many times. Mm -hmm. And then we do evangelism and try to share the message of the gospel. But we've done a really poor job of connecting the two together. Often they're mm -hmm. very separate. and uh, One is separate from the other. E exactly. And then we haven't mm -hmm. bridged the two. Uh, but as we said in the opening there, if truly the gospel speaks to the end time and we're living in the end time, mm -hmm. that means the gospel speaks directly to the issues of the end time. Sure. And so um, we have to show people how Jesus and Bible prophecy connect with these real hot button issues of the day and age in which we're living. And it's the things that people are interested in. Mm. And so they, they want to hear how Christ is the answer or if there are any answers to the things that our world is going through. Yeah, and uh, you're not just talking theory here. You, you actually did an evangelistic meeting after some community engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, walk us through that process because the Lord really blessed you in that meeting. Yeah. And uh, help us to connect the dots. Okay. Give us an example. Yeah. So uh, almost two years ago now, a young man by the name of Philando Castile was mm -hmm. shot and killed by, I believe, a St. Paul police officer. Mm -hmm. And the community was uh, really struggling with that. They were uh, different opinions, different ideas. Was it uh, a justified shooting? All those issues that come up when someone is shot and killed by a police officer, especially yeah. an African-American man. And uh, there was there were protests going on, things going on. In a previous program, I shared how we attended the protests there, prayed with police officers, prayed with uh, the, the the people that were actually protesting, and God really blessed that. Sure. But of course, that didn't calm the minds of our city, hmm. and so I really started praying and thinking and studying how can we make uh, some messages? How can we 
craft some public evangelism to speak directly to this conflict in our city, this, these issues that are going on, the, the unrest, the hurt, the, the pain, the, ma- the anger mm. um, and on both sides of the, the discussion. And so we actually did uh, an entire evangelistic series that taught all the important testing truths of Scripture rolled into the issue of social justice and even racial uh, issues. And God really blessed. Wow. That was one of the most successful meetings we did. I think we, uh, we baptized about 35 people or so in that meeting. Wow. And uh, it was really especially effective amongst millennials. Wow, this is a hot button issue, <laughs> sure, Dustin. And I know that you probably had some challenges with encouraging church members to support in this vein. Mm-hmm. How did you walk your congregation through uh, this process, which may have been new to some people? Mm -hmm. And of course, anytime you deal with race in a church Mm -hmm. and you had a very diverse church. Walk us through that a little bit. Well, the first struggle we have, uh, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, Mm -hmm. is understanding our prophetic message in the context of the, the real issues that are happening on a day-to-day basis in the last days. So yeah. in other words, I, I had done almost 30 different full-length evangelistic series, Daniel and Revelation-based evangelistic series, and uh, God blessed throughout those years doing that. But there was a point where I was, I realized that in those sermons, I was preaching for an hour basically to discredit other denominations, And 10 minutes talking about Jesus right before I was making an appeal. Hmm. And there was a point in my ministry where I went, this is, this is wrong. This is not how I should be preaching this. Hmm. And so I just decided that I was just going to preach and speak about hope and things that were true, telling people about the beauty, the, the, the truth of scripture, mm-hmm. leaving conspiracy aside and just telling people what was true and what was good and yeah. why it was important for them to believe this and understand this. Mm. And when I, I placed the, the, the thrust of those messages on Christ and off from proving how right I was about my denomination, it transformed the way I saw my own message. But mm. since many of our members have only been accustomed to hearing the, the truth spoken through prophetic means through Daniel and Revelation, mm-hmm. it became foreign to them. They, they hadn't heard it that way before. Wow. Um, but throughout my, my ministry, I found that really I, I would put out a flyer for Daniel and Revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would start with the first two or three meetings on Daniel and Revelation. But... I would often veer off course to teach important testing truths because that's to, to, to show the character of God, we need yeah. to sh- share those important testing truths of Scripture. And that's what the end times is all about is <laughs> the character of God. Right. So I, I, something clicked in my mind and I went, Daniel and Revelation is just a theme. Mm. It's just a theme by which we teach the truths that, sh- that tell us about the character of God. Sure. But if the character of God, as we see in the person of Jesus, is relevant in the last days, that means our message, the three angels' message, the character of God, mm-hmm. is relevant to end time issues like racism and social justice. Wow. It's not uh, both and. It's not 
one or the other, it's both and. It's both and, yeah. Um, Babylon, mm -hmm. it's a part of the three angels' messages. Mm -hmm. um, is it just about religion? No. <laughs> when I, when I would, would speak about uh, uh, the Babylon, spiritual Babylon in sure. Revelation, I often just connected it to, uh, you know, different denominations and the confusion that's out there about the character of God. And, sure. and all that's important. I believe that's true. But if what we often do is we explain spiritual Babylon by relating it back to Old Testament Babylon. Sure. And we use the word Babel in referencing confusion. Sure. But if we're going to reference the Old Testament example, then we need to reference the Old Testament example. Dustin, hold that thought. I love where we're going, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. You're watching Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. I'm Ivan Williams, and we're talking with Pastor Dustin Hall. Dustin, thank you again as we continue this whole conversation about Babylon. Um, and its relationship to connecting to the communities. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody about that. <laughs> That's a foreign um, combination. Yeah. But, but tell us more about uh, what Babylon represents sure. uh, that you have found in the Word of God. So for people that may not be familiar with it, in Revelation 14, um, and throughout the book of Revelation, there's this mm -hmm. call to come out of Babylon, to come out of Babylon. Yes. And, and Babylon is, it's a reference to confusion, mm -hmm. uh, religious confusion, um, and, and many different types of confusion, particularly about God's character and who He is. Mm. And all the doctrines of Scripture that have been taught throughout Christianity relate to what we believe about God. Um, is he a kind of God that saves everybody regardless of their choices in life? Is he a God that burns people in hell throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity? Sure. Um, those different doctrines make a difference in what you believe about God's character. Hmm. Um, so obviously relevant and important for people to understand, but it's more than just the religious context because the word Babylon or spiritual Babylon is traced back to the Old Testament. Sure. Um, in the Tower of Babel. And the word Babel, we know, uh, relates to the word confusion itself. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're going to connect those two, Revelation and Genesis, why don't we also include the actual issue that took place at the Tower of Babel? <laughs> and we know the story. Yes. Yes. Um, there was confusion at the Tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. And most people blame God, and it says God confused the languages. But if you read carefully in Genesis 11, it actually says the people were there to, make, to build a city and a tower to make a name for themselves. Sure. And so there was already confusion because everybody was just there in it for themselves. <laughs> And it's sort of like a job site where you have, where everybody thinks they're the boss. <laughs> Work doesn't get done under those circumstances. Sure. And so the confusion was already caused by their selfishness. Mm. And so God came down and um, he, he, he divided up the people. Yeah. And uh, confusion was caused. And that's where we believe biblically that we, we came from the different races and nations and ethnicities and, and languages. So... If you think about this, this, then is it possible that the gospel has a solution to the division of mankind? Mm -hmm. Because where you come from, where you grow up, 
your race, your ethnicity, your language, your education affects your worldview. Yeah. It affects how you interpret things, how you relate to other people, what you think about God. Sure. The, dif the, the divide amongst mankind is more than just the color of our skin. Mm. It's how we see the world. Worldview. Worldview, how we see mm. the world. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at the very next chapter of Genesis, we don't often connect this, but the very next chapter in Genesis is the call of Abraham. Call Genesis of Abraham. 12. Genesis 12. Yeah. The call of Abram is the solution that God provides for the issues that were raised at Babel. Wow. Think about it. The people were building the Tower of Babel mm -hmm. to make a name for themselves. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that Abraham was looking for a city whose builder, builder and, and maker, maker was God. Wow. <laughs> the nations were divided mm -hmm. at Babel. What, is, what does God say to Abraham? I'm going to make you the father of many, many nations. nations. Yeah. And we know that that family was a family based on faith. Mm. And we know the promise, the fulfillment of God's promise to Abram was Jesus. Sure. And Jesus says, I believe it's John chapter 12, he says, uh, when the Greeks come to seek him, he mm -hmm. says, I know that my time has come, that the Son of Man should be glorified. Because when people that were not part of the Jewish nation were coming, he saw that as a fulfillment that God was bringing the people back together by faith. Wow. And then right after that, we have Pentecost, which is the reversal of the issue that took place at the Tower of Babel with the confusion of the languages. Along with the gifts of the Spirit in, in Romans and Corinthians, we see that God gives the gifts of tongues, mm -hmm. He gives the gifts of interpretation and discernment. Because to truly communicate, we have got to have good discernment. Those three gifts are all related with one another. And so the, the point in bringing all of this up is this means that the, the solution to our differences mm. is the gospel of Jesus Christ in word and truth, but also in action. Because I've found the only language that speaks cross-culturally and across worldviews is mm -hmm. trust. Yeah which yeah. is why we have got to be engaged physically in our communities. Mm. And then our message has got to meet those needs and speak to those issues. Man, you are hitting on some issues because could it be that someone feels that it's our job to be sanctimoniously aloof, not engaged? But when you read the Word of God, Jesus asked us to be the salt mm -hmm. and the light of our mm -hmm. community. And salt permeates because it's in whatever it is that it's supposed to be in. That's absolutely right. Salt, apart from the substance, mm -hmm. uh, is not relevant. Mm -hmm. In fact, the scripture says uh, if, it's, if salt has lost its savor, it's good for nothing. Mm -hmm. But but let me just ask you then, um, since we're dealing with Bible prophecies, looking at the three angels' messages, mm -hmm. and also um, Daniel and Revelation, mm -hmm. how have you used Bible prophecy mm -hmm. to connect? Yeah. So uh, along with the issues that we were kind of tracing from Genesis all sure. the way to the last days, mm -hmm. let's think about this. Um, one issue that we often teach in Bible prophecy seminars is the issue of the judgment. Well, rightly understood, the judgment is about freedom. Okay. It's about equality. It's about justice. 
It's about knowing that God is the kind of God that we can trust. And so that means we want a God of judgment Hmm. because that means if if he is who he says he is, and I believe he is because I see him in the person of Jesus Christ, that means I can trust him to be the solution for inequality and racism and injustice. Mm-hmm. I want God's judgment. Mm. I want to be a part of the cleansing that's taking place right now in God's judgment as he's ministering as our mediator in heaven. Sure. And so related to those prophetic issues, and, and so what we were able to do in that series is um, rather than spending the entire time kind of breaking down, <laughs> um, you know, maps and, and timelines, which I believe is important. Sure. But we were using that as sort of a continuing ed program after the meetings. Sure. What I did was I took the issue of the judgment, showed people we're living in Earth's judgment hour, mm-hmm. but then connected it to all of the beautiful messages about the judgment that spoke to these racial issues in our community. Dustin, hold that thought. We'll be right back on Ministry in Motion. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. I've been talking with Pastor Dustin Hall about this whole subject matter of Bible prophecy, end time living, what does the word have to say about the end of times, and how that message can be relevant in reaching our communities. Mm-hmm. Tell us more about that, Dustin. So um, we, we were just talking about the judgment yes. and uh, all of the related issues. And earlier I was also discussing how I changed the focus in my ministry from just basically preaching to show people how right I was to just sharing why the message is full of hope and truth and goodness. Hmm. And when that transition took place in my ministry, then I said, when I bring up the Sabbath, I no longer have to tell people that they've been wrong what they believe about the Sabbath. I just want to tell them how good the Sabbath is and how wonderful the Sabbath is. So when you're in a a city or in a community where there's unrest, there's disunity, there's conflict, Hmm. a message like the Sabbath and the beauty of the Sabbath and the rest that comes in Christ and uh, the unity that Christian brotherhood can bring and worship and service, the message of the Sabbath, the beautiful part of it, can really speak directly to those issues that are are going on. (laughs) The Lord of the Sabbath, yeah. The Lord of the Sabbath, all of those things. And, And again, sometimes people have, well, how do... You know, how did the change of Sabbath come in? How did all this happen? That can be a continuing ed type of a course. But what I want people to know is the true character of God as pictured in his word. And that means I just need to tell people how good God is. And here are these supporting doctrines Hmm. that show us how good God is. And that means he cares about what our community is going through. Wow. Well, how is this actualized when you when you speak of testing truths, Mm -hmm. uh, when you speak of uh, end-time prophecies, how is this actualized either from a sermonic perspective Mm -hmm. uh, and after you leave the pulpit um, in connecting with people who have never heard these messages before? Sure. Uh, At times the church has done a good job of ministering in the community, serving the community. Sometimes we do better than others. Mm-hmm. And other times we've done good at preaching and, and worship services and things. But often there's nothing in the middle. 
And so that's what disconnects mm. the service aspect from the preaching aspect. Most of our churches have nothing to connect folks, to bridge folks from meeting you to accepting what you have to say. Sure. And something that I've used over the course of my ministry is what we call life groups. Sure. And a life group is an interest-based group where two or three church members, maybe up to six church members, get together and do something that they love to do. Is it fishing? Is it basketball? Is it bike riding? Is it book club? Is it Bible study? Whatever it might be. And the goal is for them to join with six or eight other uh, people that, are, that aren't necessarily a believer. Not specifically to convert them, just that they may feel a sense of belonging among you. And what I've found is that naturally, out of these relationships, spiritual conversations arise. Sure. And so what happens is, one, we've met someone in the community, whether it be a friend or neighbor or a community service uh, project. Now you have a place for people to go. <laughs> so I meet you because we're out doing a, a soup kitchen or whatever, mm. and uh, I strike up a conversation with you, and I, I find out that you're a fisherman. Mm. And I say, you know, I know Jeff over here. He, he loves to fish, too. Let me introduce you to him. Wow. Sometimes as a church, we, we think a Walmart greeting is a true, truly being friendly. You know, welcome mm. to Walmart. Here's your, do, do you want a cart? Sure. The same thing. Welcome to church. Would you like a bulletin? You know, <laughs> it's not true friendliness. It's superficial. Yeah. But if yeah. I can introduce you to someone, and I have a platform by which a, a relationship can be built up right. around a non-confrontational thing, just friendship and interest, that's a really great way to give people a sense of belonging. You know, I learned this term uh, recently, frangilism. Mm -hmm. Friends, neighbors, and relatives. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what it sounds like to me. So how do you use these life groups to, to bridge um, with the body of Christ? Mm -hmm. they're, they're separate in a bike riding group. And uh, or they may be fishing together. Um, do you intentionally help disciple makers to bridge the gap? Yes. And say, hey, here is more that you can mm -hmm. continue to talk about. One way is to to train our members in how to have spiritual conversations. Gotcha. Um, how to answer questions, how to turn certain conversations onto prayer, onto Christ. That's an important way. But also. Um, it's important to, to talk with your leaders, maybe if you don't have a, a specific direct leader, but people that are involved in planning some of the meetings and things. Sure. What are some of these conversations that you're having? What are people wondering about? What are they interested in? Hmm. And uh, you can very quickly, because if, if, especially if there's a, a, a huge concern in a community, there will be multiple people asking the same kinds of questions around the same issue. And now what you can do is craft your evangelistic theme or your church services and your messages around the things and the questions that people are asking in your life groups. Wonderful. So it becomes very relevant and say, hey, my pastor has a sermon series coming up on this very thing. You should come. Yeah. You should come with us or check it out online on the live stream. You know, mm. those, those sorts, of, it becomes a natural bridge to them hearing the message and you're in tune with the conversations that your church members are having mm -hmm. with these people that are seeking. But the important part is you got to have community. Unfortunately, a lot of our churches don't even get along with each other, let alone making friends in the community. Sure. <laughs> so what we have to do is make a vehicle by which people can, in a non-confrontational way, come and just belong among us 
outside of the church walls. Mm. Um, feel a sense of belonging. That's the number one goal of a life group, a sense of belonging. Belong. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Dustin, this has been rich. Um, it has worked for you in Minneapolis. Um, would you say this could be a template elsewhere? Yeah, what I always say is um, ministry is not cookie cutter. Sure. Sometimes when something works in a specific way in one place, we try to duplicate it in another place. It has to be contextualized. Yeah. But when we understand the gospel, the gospel can be contextualized to speak directly to each community. Man. What works everywhere is the principles. Dustin, thank you for being with us on Ministry in Motion. This was a very relevant topic. Pastor Hall helped us to understand the power of community connectedness through end-time messages. He showed us that it is biblical for a church to be involved in social justice. He expressed relevant incarnational practices in which churches can engage their communities. Dustin also helped us know once you've served your community and met people in the community and met their needs, evangelism is a natural process. We're so glad you've joined us on Ministry in Motion. Until next time, God bless you.